and welcome to mini episode 24 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? <laughs> We've got three spooky tales for you today. Mm, great. Are you ready? No. Story number one comes from Russell. I've only told a handful of people in my life this story for the fear of being thought of as crazy. When I was 12 or 13 years old, my family lived in a rural part of town called Riverside in Southern California. Every day after school, I would walk home from the bus stop and lock myself in the house until one of my older sisters or parents came home. This was the rule that I was to follow set forth by my mother or else I would have to wait at the school for three hours to be picked up, which I dreaded. One day, I performed my usual routine of locking the deadbolt behind me, set my things down, grabbed a bowl of cereal and began watching television in the living room. I started hearing what sounded like a slapping sound coming from the kitchen off to my left, which was about 20 feet away. I would hear about four or five slaps and then nothing. Then hear them again and then nothing. I thought maybe one of my sisters had come home and I hadn't heard them. So I stood up and looked through the front room window and no cars were outside and the front door was still locked. I thought I must have heard some noise from outside such as one of my two dogs messing with something and went back to my Captain Crunch and cartoons. I then began to hear the sound but it began happening faster and louder as time progressed. I then realised the sound was the same as if someone was running barefoot around in the kitchen, stomping their feet. I called out my sister's names and then, Mom? Dad? It was in vain as I already knew it was way too early for them to be home yet. After hearing the sounds again, I became concerned it was something that had broken like a pipe or something. So I got up and walked towards the kitchen. There was no sound at this point, but when I arrived at the threshold from the dining area to the kitchen, it was as if someone had been standing right in front of me and sprinted away to the back of the house where the bedrooms were located. I could hear heavy stomping, rapid footsteps trailing away from me. I was shocked, I think because of the suddenness, but not really in fear exactly. I think my brain just couldn't quite wrap itself around what happened until later. I slowly walked back to the living room, sat down, turned the television way up and did not blink an eye until my sisters came home. A couple of years later, my parents divorced and we lost the house. One day while in the car, I was in the back seat with my mom and my sister in the front reminiscing about the old house. I overheard them talking about weird things in the house on Dallas Avenue. They spoke of hearing conversations in the hallway in the middle of the night, always feeling as if they were being watched. I never told them anything and still I kept my mouth shut because I just didn't think they would believe me. As the youngest, I got picked on quite often so I didn't want to give them any more ammunition. I've done my research and could not find anything at all. But a few years later, I did remember one thing. On the day we moved into that house, I was nine years old. 
and the next door neighbours came over with their 12 year old daughter to introduce themselves. Her and I were talking and she was telling me about things to do in the neighbourhood, places to explore. When all of a sudden she said, The people who lived in this house before had a little boy who died there. At hearing this, her parents immediately hushed her and they left shortly after. I got to know her very well after that, and I know she wouldn't say something like that if it wasn't true just to freak out a stranger. At least I hope she wasn't that mean. This experience sparked my interest in the paranormal, and I know things exist that cannot be explained by conventional methods, and it allowed me to view it without fear, but with a clear and open mind. I want, I, it's giving me goosebumps. I don't like the idea of bare feet on the kitchen floor. Oh. I, oh, I just can't. Also out of the mouth of babes as well. I know she was 12, but. Yeah, but kids are like, like 12 is still young. Yeah. 12 is still young. And imagine being a child and you've this new family moving into the house and you're going, um, a little boy died here. Like that. It's like, you know, almost like juicy gossip for a child. Yeah. I just, this, that story has given me the heebie-jeebies. I'm not okay, actually. <laughs> I want to, I feel like something's going to grab me under the table. Mm. I'm waiting to hear that slapping sound. If I wake up in yeah. the middle of the night and hear that slapping sound running around down here, I'm... It's leaning. I'm exiting. <laughs> trouble, sorry. I'm exiting out the window and burning the house down, throwing a match yeah. over my shoulder as I go. Yeah. I'll, I'll already be out by that point. Um... <laughs> Oh God, that's giving me the straight out the bedroom window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not nice, not nice. No slapping sounds, please. Oh, I. Uh, that's a thing. It's that well was... described. It's a well described sound because you can hear it. A well described sound and a well written story. And I. That's one thing about horror films that I hate is like that really freak me out is sounds. Good song or a good soundtrack in a horror movie will fuck me right up. And this that that slapping sound has made me want to die. You can do so much with sounds, can't you? So are you ready for another story? No. Story number two comes from Kayla. My aunt has had a close friend, B, who many years ago lived in a haunted house. B's husband was out of town and it was the middle of winter in a mountain town in the Rockies. She left my aunt's home one night and due to the late hour and the weather, my aunt waited an appropriate amount of time before calling B to make sure she'd make it home safe. Well, the phone rings. It was way before cell phones were even a thing. And rings. And rings. And on the last ring, before the answering machine picked it up, the phone was picked up. And a man answered. He greets my aunt who asks if the man is B's husband and if B was there. The man says, no, I'm Rick. B isn't home yet. He tells my aunt to call back in seven minutes and then he hangs up. Exactly seven minutes later, my aunt, thoroughly freaked out, calls again and this time B answers. She's out of breath because she had just arrived and had rushed to answer the phone. My aunt tells B to check the house because a man has broken in. He's definitely lying in wait to attack her. B looks around the house while my aunt is on the line and concludes that no one was there. She asks my aunt what was going on. 
and as soon as she heard the name Rick, she let out a sigh of relief. Rick had been haunting the house for years. Mostly, he was a helpful, benign presence. He even folded their laundry sometimes and kept bats out of their attic. When Bea and her husband had their son, Rick moved out temporarily because of the crying. Eventually, Rick became more trouble as Bea's son grew up, so a man came to the house and got him to leave. Now, there are bats in the attic. So I guess you win some and you lose some. What? No. In the world. No. I don't know. Oh, why are you answering the phone? Imagine the fear of that aunt thinking genuinely somebody has broken into that house. I would have been onto the cop straight away. But then, I, in a time of no cell phones, are you like I? She would be home before yeah. the police would have gotten there anyway. Mm. Realistically. Oh, that is too much. I'm dying to know what they mean by Rick becoming more trouble. Yeah. What What does that mean? But that's how it all starts in horror films where they're like, they realize when they finally accept it's a ghost, they're kind of like, oh, it's quite nice. You know, it's only a bang or a knock here and there. And then all of a sudden, boom, their son is possessed trying to kill his parents. House is on fire. There's animals flying in and then like, killing themselves and bats are everywhere and it's all awful well no the bats are everywhere after the ghost left in this story bats are everywhere after the ghost leaves it's all awful yeah no, I'm not happy with that answer oh, something else oh, you know what I feel about technology and ghosts yeah you're just not a fan <sighs> I know you say it all the time if I'm going to if I die in the near future and I haunt you which is very likely not the death bit but the haunting bit and I can't predict my own death I will haunt you through technology just to annoy you. Just so you know. I probably will also fold your laundry. So it'll be like that story. <laughs> I'll be, you know, win some, lose some. <laughs> I'll take the laundry folding to be fair. And our final story. Mm. Is a series of stories from Jordan. When I was much younger, my dad was dating this woman with several children. On times when she had her kids they would stay at my dad's house because this woman lived with my dad. I was not at my dad's house on this particular night as I primarily lived with my mom. Late one night after everyone had went to bed, my dad was on the couch. The kids were asleep in what was my room at the time. To set the scene, the home was set up where the living room was set to face the television. To the left of the TV was a small hallway where two bedrooms and a bathroom were. Behind the living area would have been my dad's room. So from the couch you can see the guest bathroom and down the small hallway a bit. This is a detail that will be important in a few stories. So my dad is awake on the couch and catches a glimpse of a child in the hall. Being that it was very late... My dad stands up to tell the kid that it's time to get back into bed. And the child darts back into the bedroom. My dad peeks his head into the room to check on everyone and sees that all of the kids were fast asleep. It couldn't have possibly been one of the kids. This freaked my dad out, as it should have anyone. He later researched that oftentimes bad spirits will portray themselves as children. 
this too also becomes an important detail. My dad had had a friend over this particular night. This night they had been drinking, so my dad's friend decided to stay the night, as it wasn't safe for him to have driven home. So my dad had gotten up in the night. He heard his friend, who was sleeping on the couch, call his name. So he gets up to check on him. My dad's friend looks at my dad totally freaked out and he said that he kept hearing something walk past him. It was obvious to him at this point that it hadn't been my dad walking past him. As they're standing in the living room, they see a shadow on the wall in the small hallway where the guest bathroom is. The shadow moved into the bathroom. They're both freaking the fuck out at this point. Then they hear the toilet flush and they see the shadow leave the bathroom. Needless to say, my dad's friend got up and left immediately. Here's a first-hand account from me. I was very young at this point, maybe seven or eight. I was laying in bed and it was a terrible storm outside. In front of my bed, to the left, is my closet. So I was laying in my bed, already afraid because of the storm, and something catches my attention out of the corner of my eye. My closet doorknob started to turn. So I sit there, in terror, for a second or two. And then the door cracks open. I screamed for my dad and told him what had happened. Shortly thereafter, we moved my bedroom to the room across the hall. At this point... I'm now in high school. So this story is something that several of us encountered together. It was no secret that the house was haunted. My father and I openly talked about it even as I was a child. We had never felt threatened by it at this point in time. So we got to talking one night and decided to look up a paranormal investigator in our area. Time passes and the night comes where we have the investigators come in. They come in the late evening and start setting up cameras and all kinds of gadgets, EMFs, etc. So we're all sitting on the floor in the dark. There are like 12 people all in the house. We have the EMF on the coffee table and we're sitting around it. They are asking questions like, if you can show yourself, make the lights go on and so on. We didn't get any action, so they decided to pull out the scanner type radio that skips through channels. It never stays on one channel. The purpose, for those who don't know, is as it skips through, you ask it questions and it's supposed to answer your questions through the scanning of channels. So we are all sitting in the living room. I had my best friends with me in the house at the time. They asked the entity how many people were in the room. And clear as day, the scanner says, 10. There were 10 of us in the room at that time we all look at each other shocked so to test if it was just a coincidence two people got up and walked into the other room and the question was asked again and clear as day the scanner said eight all the while the emf is flashing we all stayed up super late asking questions and taking photos Nothing else happened that night except for this. We are all sitting in the living room talking in the dark. 
I can't remember if we were asking questions, but a huge orb of light comes from my dad's room, flies through the room and disappears into the guest bathroom. No one had flashlights, and it couldn't have been a car light. It didn't follow along the walls, it floated through the air and disappeared into the guest bathroom. We started to feel that the spirit was bad. I stopped going to my dad's house for a long period of time. My dad would go into like weird trance-like states and would snap out of it after what felt like minutes. Physical orbs started to follow him. You could walk into the house and it would suck all of your happiness out. You felt drained and like you had the weight of the world on your shoulders. At the same time, every morning my dad would be laying in bed and the same sequence of events would happen at the exact same time every single day. There would be a creaking sound starting in the master bathroom and it would creak its way around the house. The TV in the living room would pop like a static shock and then a loud bang in the back bedroom. And then the house would become quiet again. We would hear loud bangs in other rooms, and while we were sleeping we'd be woken up by what sounded like something jumping from a high spot and landing at the foot of our beds. My father had the house blessed, and oftentimes still burned sage. But since the blessing, the house has been quiet. I still get an eerie feeling when I'm there alone, but the house is no longer heavy. I love the ghost that flushes the toilet after I've been to the toilet. I mean, fair play to them. That is afterlife etiquette that I'm here for. Everything else I don't want to know, I know. No, just no. Don't need little child ghosts running around. Don't need black shadows moving through the house. Don't need sentient spirits telling me how many people are in the room. Just don't need it. Big question. Just don't need it. If you, if this house was haunted, like if we had like loads of activity going on or whatever, would you want paranormal investigators to come in? Nope. Would you not? Nope. Nothing would make it worse. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I see why people do it. I see, see why I think I'd be it. curious. I think I'd want to know. I think I would want... But you don't believe in the paranormal investigators. But if we were in a situation where all of this stuff was happening in the house, I'd probably be like, fuck it. Might as well try it to see what happens. I mean, I don't fundamentally believe in the kind of gadgets and stuff that paranormal investigators use. But who knows? Who am I to judge? I think I'd just be better off burning the house down, to be honest. It's just starting life all over again. Yeah. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please make sure to come and follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. Dan is on Instagram. Uh, 50p Movie Club. We're also on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. You can send in your own spooky story to Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, and join our super secret super group, which is RLGS Supergroup, and the password is Emma and Dan. You can support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, and you can support us for either five dollars or two dollars a month. You get lots of extra content for your money. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. All that stuff. Links are all in the description. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.